the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome to episode 162 of the Working Fans Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, and Lance by Chance, written by Vinny Barry, available at WrestleVille.com, as well as Super Vows and Pas de Deux, written by a friend of the show, Kevin Kelton, available on amazon.com where you can also get i'll be here all week and all that's left written by ward anderson as well as his special we are brought to you by blood and fire the unbelievable real life story of wrestling's original chic written by brian r solomon how not to suck at comedy written by friend of the show pat O's. the good people over at connecticut people records our wrestling commentary home of new heights wrestling and today aj strange brew and when the man called Dave gets back we will be talking 531 Eddie Guerrero matches and let's kill some time while we wait for Dave how's it going today well, AJ? I think it's going great Joe uh, one of the problems that we have right now is I think it's important that we get out there the wrestling world has lost a legend this week Queen Elizabeth has passed away and her catches catch can style and what she did for British strong style quite frankly was absolutely amazing for all the years so I think that our condolences go out to the whole family shout out to the Queen and I wanted to bring up actually a wrestling loss we will be suffering as Pat McAfee is leaving SmackDown. What do you think of that? Him getting a job with College Game Day? I do it. And- well, we need to point out this is not a permanent transition. He's going to college game day, but college game day only runs during the football season. So we will be getting Pat back at some point. We just might lose him every fall to college football. And that was actually something that WWE suggested. They didn't think that him having to fly overnight from SmackDowns to get to college game day, which college games typically take place on Saturdays, would be good for his health. So they pulled him away. And I don't know if that's something we'd see with Vince. McMahon, now that Dave's back, I will be stepping away until the PWI segment. All right, well, I think this, I'm going to add to that real quick because, yeah, I don't think Vince McMahon <laughs> would have allowed that. And I think this is one of the great things about maybe, I don't want to say even just younger people, but people that are not Vince is very different, obviously, than anybody that's probably in this entertainment world. I mean, Hunter, I think, and people around him get the idea, okay, this guy being on college game day is good for our brand, and we don't need to put extra stress on him or his family. You take your time, and then when you're ready to come back, you bring out the best in you, and we get the rub by being associated with this anyway. Well, Vince is also a person who sleeps four hours a night and works out in the middle of the night and expects everybody to do exactly what he does. He doesn't expect people to do more than what he does. 
unfortunately, he is absolutely insane when it comes to his work ethic and what he's done through the years. So he didn't really care for people's health when it comes to trying to do the same. Not at all. Now we're going to do the 5-3-1. I feel like we'd be a little bit, I think we need to talk some some of the stuff about what CM Punk and everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I know you missed out in the beginning. You didn't oh. hear my, no, you didn't hear my tribute to the Queen. So I just wanted to let you know that we did already do the tribute to the Queen of British Strong Style now that she's passed away. Right. I didn't want you to have to jump in there and get emotional. And, All right, well, I appreciate but, you. Guys, but now man. we can talk about a different queen and someone who's quite a bitch in CM Punk, <laughs> hey, allegedly. I get being upset a little bit to a point with Hangman Page. I get that he was upset about a little misinformation with Cole Caban and stuff like that. Here's the problem. <laughs> if me and you get into a fight, two, three months ago, and I don't choose to discuss that with you. <laughs> and you think everything's fine and we've moved on. I didn't just spec three months. I can just start my shit up with you because I'm still mad and I didn't address it. Well, it's also not professional to do things. Right. This is the second time not in storyline where he's taking shots at people at the wrong time. He took a shot at Hangman Page in the middle of a show when it's not in storyline. Right. And now you're in a media scrum and there's absolutely no reason whatsoever to bring up the EVPs to bring up Kenny Omega to bring up the Young Bucks taking shots at the young talent not wanting to listen stuff of that nature you're coming off of a great show that went fantastic yeah. and you're literally burying everybody behind it that being said as an EVP as someone as you know who is in management and has to deal with things on a daily basis I can tell you that not once have I ever grabbed somebody in public? Have I gone back there looking for a fight afterwards? You can do whatever you want and we'll take care of that situation, but we're going to do it quietly, calmly, and I don't think it was handled correctly by your EVPs either. Right. Assuming that's how everything went down, there will be an investigation that's going to hopefully determine this. No matter what went down, and I'm going to tell you this, from what I understand, even if Punk threw the first punch, you don't go back with three people to confront one person in a locker room situation when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, they are suspended. So, I mean, yeah. And at the end of the day, too, I think another one crazy thing about this whole thing is that I get while Tony Khan didn't say anything. He's probably like, okay, I'm going to wait till this rides out, and then maybe I'll talk to these everybody when we get in the back. It didn't get it didn't get that far. But what does it say that CM Punk thinks about Tony Khan, that he just started all his shit right then and there? You think he would have sat next to Vince McMahon and did that same thing? would have happened. <laughs> First of all, if you're sitting next to Vince McMahon and you start to do that, your mic's going to go off quicker than a hiccup. Yeah. Second, I, yeah. yeah. I, was just, I just Second. listened to Prince, Prince Jr., and he was saying that if it was him, like, you know, he's starting a promotion up. We said, first off, He's like, I don't do media scrums anyway. I'm not really a fan of him. But if we did, he said, I would probably immediately sell, tell everybody, okay. He says, I wouldn't address it there. But I said, this scrum is canceled. And then I would talk to whoever that was, him or her, and quietly say, you need to either figure out what's going on. You either work here or you don't. The media scrum, first of all, is a setup that should be done in storyline. And as much as it has a realistic feel to it, you need to continue to push forward. The whole point of a media scrum is to say, hey, look at what we did, and this is where we're pushing forward to. It's not wah, 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 wah. Yeah, now WWE right? just did a media scrum over the weekend, too. That's funny. I heard Meltzer talk about how like that wasn't the way to do a media scrum. Like It was too much. Everybody was based in character and stuff like that but i thought there was a little bit of uh, like i know seth rollins took somebody to task but hey if you ask me <laughs> from a professional standpoint i would much rather have that media scrum over the weekend than the one they got why would you not want to still be in character to me a media scrum should still be someone in character you don't remove the veil of the storyline uh, just because you actually are in the media scrum i think i misrepresented i think what dave was saying was try to still remain character as much as you can but also like you know don't be completely in character you're trying to do this no, absolutely yeah. yeah which i get like swerve strickland if you watch later in the thing he goes on the acclaim and he starts acting very heelish but he's talking about things online he's kind of like stirring up the pot so he really finagled that line really really well Swerve was great yeah and even tony storm keith lee looked incredibly uncomfortable yeah i don't think that's his bag <laughs> but they're kind of playing that up too because keith lee doesn't go on social media much but he did for this one we're here he commented on swerve interrupting the acclaim 
Wayne and he got on Twitter and he said, man, I turned my back for one second, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, so they're playing up that. Swerve very much going to be the heel. Yeah, it's an interesting time and I think some of this stuff is fun. I do want to give AEW a little bit of credit because they could have put on a crap show in Buffalo on Wednesday and I think they pulled it together pretty well. I think that they put the storylines together well. They did a great job of not mentioning it but still getting the job done and the show all around was entertaining. Yeah, I think Def Triangle is a great choice for the trios champions. I like the tournament format. I like that we know MJF's going to be eventually to be the guy to me. I'll bring one more thing up before we get into our 5-3-1. Eddie Guerrero, which is going to be Eddie Guerrero, best matches, your favorite Eddie Guerrero matches. But I heard this thing about Brian Alvarez. He had a comment about the WWE MJF storyline that AEW is doing. Right? Basically, we're doing a storyline where MJF's going to try to win the title and use it as a bargaining chip. And he's telling everybody WWE is better. Alvarez says... We're going to let this play out. He said, but when I first watched this, he said, I wasn't a fan of it. He said, because it was one thing to do this a couple months ago. He said, when that show sucked and nobody cared about it. He said, but now the show's getting better. And now you got some people interested in that show. It's doing bigger ratings. And he said, do you really want to play this game and draw attention to WWE? Where Max is saying, you know, my hero, the game, my favorite wrestler, Cody Rhodes, you know, the only con that matters, Nick. Is this, in your opinion, I mean, again, we'll let it play out, but off to the start of it, does this look like a good idea to you? It does get heat. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit old school when it comes to this. Mentioning your opponents gives them media and it it puts eyes on them and it gives them attention i'm not saying you completely ignore the other product you have to obviously pay attention to it but to actually draw attention to a product that's doing that well right now is a little bit dangerous especially when max might actually end up there at the end of his contract yeah if they don't have him like locked up that's scary to think yeah max once again showed this week what he can do by the way when he came out with the sabers shirt on or whatever he was wearing was he wearing the buffalo bills bills jersey sorry when he came out wearing the josh allen jersey and he's playing up to the crowd he showed what a baby face he actually could be if moxley doesn't come out there actually stop him the crowd was actually eating out of the palm of his hand i agree and moxley did great by the way too oh yeah yeah ultimate baby face all right let's kick it off our favorite eddie guerrero matches and before i get to my first list I have one here, a couple mentions. Our friend Scott, he said that he couldn't pick one and he cannot disgrace the great name of Eddie Guerrero by putting one match because he's just too damn good. And we'll see. He says, well, we end up picking up, but he says that it was just too hard. He said, Eddie's too great a wrestler. And Evan Ginsberg, former guest on the show, associate producer for uh, The Wrestler, and I think it was 365 days. It's a movie about the wrestlers on the road. Joe might get me in the comments with that. But Evan Ginsberg, this guy is always, whenever we do list, I love Evan Ginsberg, but he always has a joke. He'll always throw like a name like Plowboy Frazier in there or something. No jokes this time. Evan Ginsberg just says, Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko, ECW one-hour TV match was wrestling elevated to art. So even Evan Ginsberg, who would like to normally joke around, is saying, no, Eddie's too good. Yeah, 100%. Well, I've got a gentleman who actually came in and was one of our special guest hosts last week. Uh I've got friend of the show, Pat Oates. He has versus Chavo at the Royal Rumble. He's got versus Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. Batista at No Mercy. Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. And Benoit Nitro 1995. I would like to actually say he did invoke the Jake rule. And he said every time he's ever wrestled Dean Malenko. There you go. Dean Malenko. By the way, Pat Oates opening up for Tommy Davidson at Comics this weekend. All right, AJ, don't forget to keep an eye out for some of these guys, too. I don't know if you... Oh, I'm already keeping a... I'm already keeping a... Okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my man. All right, I got Jesse Smith. He's got Brock Lesnar at No Way Out, JBL Judgment Day, Rey Mysterio Halloween Havoc, Kurt Angle WrestleMania 20, and RVD ladder match at Raw, which was also for the Intercontinental title. Fantastic match. One of the few TV matches that really stands out to me. I think we're going to see the JBL come up a lot. I think we're going to see the Brock come up a lot. And I think we're definitely going to see the Rey Mysterio come up a lot for Halloween Havoc 97. I agree. That is what your next list. So I've got David Cole, if that is your real name, and he's got Halloween Havoc 97 versus Rey Mysterio. He's got Brock for the title, JBL, Kurt Angle at Mania, and SmackDown Ladder Match versus Edge, which right. might be fresh in our mind because they keep talking about it every week. David Cole, he designed our logo and done rings for GCW and JPW. He's also a former wrestler, too. 
and former yeah, guest. Yeah, David Cole is absolutely fantastic. I joke around about if that is your real name, but obviously he merits being on our show. Jesse from New Hampshire. He's got a list. He's got Rob Van Dam, ladder match from Raw as well. AJ, maybe keep an eye on that RVD ladder match. That's two now. Too Los- late. I didn't put him on there. <laughs> Los Guerreros versus Edge and Ray versus Angle and Benoit, Survivor Series 02. Ray versus CM Punk, IWA Mid-South. Ray at Halloween Havoc, of course. And Brock at No Way Out. So those last two make the list. I think that Brock Lesnar match is an excellent match. But I think the biggest thing about that match is it's just a moment. I think a lot of us can say we never thought Eddie Guerrero was going to actually win the WWE title. Not because of talent, but just because in the WWE, the land of the Giants, it didn't seem like they would ever. And the fact that Eddie had some strikes against him before for drug issues and stuff. Well, the match psychology behind that match was fantastic. It was very well done. But it is definitely the moment that people remember. And by the way, that's got three right now. Ray Mysterio. Mysterio has four with his Halloween Havoc. You've got, let's see here, JBL with two. And then Kurt Angle also has three. And those are your leaders. Well, that RVD ladder match has two. That's two. Yeah, yeah. but I, that's not on my list. So that's not being counted. I'm going to keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have Matt Mann from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got Ray Mysterio coming in once again. Los Gringos Locos versus Octagon Santo and Santo in a hair versus mask match. You might remember that from Worlds Collide when he teamed up with Art Bar for those youngsters out there who don't know who Los Gringos Locos. We also have Dean Malenko, the last match there in ECW. That's going to be one to keep an eye out too. Brock Lesnar, No Way Out. That's in there again. And here's a great one that you might not hear a lot of just because it's become a little taboo. Chris Benoit from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Super J Cup 1994. I believe, and I could be wrong, that that, he was still wrestling, Benoit was still wrestling as the Pegasus Kid in that Super J Cup. That's our second Benoit match to actually make it too. Jesse from New Hampshire, shout out to uh, Chris Benoit, as always, representing. I got another list here. I got Nick Sharp. I like the fact that this was just brought up because it's going to get a little steam. He's also got Los Gringo Locos versus Ejel Del Santo and Octagon. Triple A when worlds collide. That's now, got- that's now tied RVD for not being on our list. <laughs> I got it. I got it. He's got also two cold Scorpio ECW TV title match. Eddie's first ECW match. Then he's nice. got Ray at Halloween Havoc, Brock Lesnar at No Way Out, and the SmackDown 6 era. Pick any match you want he was in. He lied, he cheated, and stealed, so I'm cheating with my last answer. There you go, Nick Sharp. So- Sounds like he lied, he cheated, and he stole his heart. He might have stole his heart. I know. All right. Please I've got me. John Charles Dean from the Booking the Territory Facebook group. He doesn't have any actual specific matches. He has opponents. He's got Brock Lesnar for the title, which is a match. However, he's got Ray Jr., then he's got Benoit, then Dean Malenko, and then Kurt Angle. Okay. I got Mike Flynn. I'm just laughing because I'm looking at his list because I'll go straight to number five. He's got RVD, but at Backlash 2002. And so since that was Backlash, not Raw... I have to say he has Ray at Halloween Havoc number four. And then number three, passing the RVD, he's got Art Bar and Octagon against Eo Del Santo and Octagon at World's Collide. Thank, thank God I didn't put that other one on my list. <laughs> number two, Angle at WrestleMania 20. And number one, Brock Lesnar, No Way Out 2004. AJ, I only have mine left. So what do you got? I keep hearing a lot of Angle at WrestleMania 20. Didn't he wrestle JBL and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20? He had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 20. Oh, he did? For some reason, I thought it was JBL and Kurt Angle for some no, reason. No, but that year, it, it could be. him and Benoit at the end closed the show with both titles. God, Benoit gotcha. beat HBK and Triple H at WrestleMania 20. Yep. It could be because in my notes here of people to watch out for, I have JBL and Kurt Angle at Mania 20. JBL <laughs> and Kurt Angle. <laughs> 20. Yeah. That, that might be a what got stuck in my mind. But that's fine. <laughs> I've got Bombero Wrestling on TikTok. Rey Mysterio Survivor Series 2005. So we got a different Rey Mysterio match. Hmm. This person obviously leans a little bit toward, more towards the WWE version of Eddie Guerrero. We've got Edge No DQ September 26, 2002. Yeah. We've got John Cena Parking Lot Brawl. Fatal Four Way in 2003. And and Brock Lesnar is number five on his list. I like it. And I'm going to so, play. I'm just going to give before we go real quick. I'm going to give you a quick little total so we know where we're at here. Oh, so we got decided. exactly. So we've got nine for Halloween Havoc Ray. Mm-hmm. We've got seven for the Brock Lesnar. Yep. 
And then our third place is actually six of them, Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 20. Okay. So not too bad. And by the way, since you mentioned RVD, they're still at two. Well, they're about to be at three. I got Eddie Guerrero versus Edge from SmackDown. It's a TV taping. I don't remember exactly, but there was a ladder that was brought into the match. It wasn't a ladder match, but it got used. RVD versus Eddie Guerrero, Intercontinental title ladder match from Monday Night Raw. That was in Chicago. Here's ones to keep out for. I had to keep them in here. Eddie versus Mysterio, Halloween Havoc. Eddie versus Brock Lesnar, No Way Out, won the title. And Eddie versus Milenko at ECW Arena, the one-hour draw. I want to say something before you get to your list. On your previous list, you had said this person prefers the Eddie Guerrero WWE version. I do want to point out, usually that's kind of a negative thing. But I think there is something, too, where Eddie maybe wrestled a little different style here and there and some stuff on independence. But the Eddie Guerrero that will eventually be in WWE, he is one of the few guys i ever seen that he became just a complete package. Like, he became, he was already so good in the ring but then he was really able to take his character, really able to take that personality. It seemed like he developed a relationship with Vince, where Vince took disliking to him. And Eddie Guerrero, later on, was untouchable. Yeah, and, and I'm not knocking him for leaning towards those WWE matches. I just have some early ones on mine. Yes. I do have the Los Gringos Locos on mine, because that was one of the first times where I really got to see him. So to me, that was actually um, one of the great times. And going into that match, I'll be honest with you, I was more of an Art Bar fan. I, I, I Yeah, so I was more of an art bar fan, and Eddie really impressed me during that match. So that was big for me. Dean Malenko, I'm with you. The one-hour contest in ECW, the two of them just tore the house down. I could watch that anytime. I have Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. Then I also have Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. And then I actually have him versus Benoit. I'll be honest with you, I added it after i saw the new japan one just because i do remember watching that when it happened and even though it didn't stick out to me now i actually took brock lesnar off my list and Mm -hmm. actually added that to it because you see a young benoit and a young eddie guerrero and to see the two of them before any of the demons came into play absolutely phenomenal eddie and benoit in the early days of nitro when they were paired against each other before there was really any storylines and eric bischoff just wanted something different and he was just having these guys come out there and wrestle and i remember Benoit powerbombing Eddie and it looked like Eddie's head was a basketball bouncing off the mat like in the chops they would just lay into each other where both chests looked purple and then they really did become like brothers I mean anybody who anybody who talks about Benoit and talks about the break in Benoit says that he was never the same after Eddie Guerrero died that that's when the break genuinely started to happen and I'm not going to sit here and talk about Benoit and you know go into excuses or whatever because it's unforgivable but him and Guerrero just had that special chemistry. They did. Now, what's the final total? So your final total and the only ones that really matter are Rey Mysterio ended up with 11. So he's the runaway winner at Halloween Havoc. Brock Lesnar ended up getting all the way up to eight because he got one from you. And then Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20 ended up being next when he ended up coming in with seven. Sorry. But that's the people's vote. All right. We get to determine the final three. All right. It's not going to be RVD. <laughs> I will pick up the top three that they got. And that Rey Mysterio one is so popular. Everybody loves it. I don't feel like it would take much for me to like discourage you from not picking that one. <laughs> now, in fairness, I did put that on my list. You did. I think the thing I, when I goes into a favorite match for me, all right, you can have a bunch of things that happen in a match, and that, for me, is one of the best wrestling. They do crazy things, and they do tell a great story. Eddie's working on that master in that match. But I also think stakes. I think of moments. And I think of WrestleMania 20 when he's defending title against Kurt Angle 20 minutes. But I also think, I go back to what I said, I never expected this man to beat Brock Lesnar. Not only does he beat him, he beats him at the Cow Palace. Huge Latino representation. Eddie's got the flag and he's on the t- you know the table and he's dancing there like that. His brothers ran the Cow Palace and his father ran the Cow Palace forever. It was literally their sanctuary of wrestling. 
That's my favorite match. I, I'll put Ray over Kurt, but like my favorite match is Eddie versus Brock just for that moment. And I, I actually, I hate to say it, but I agree with you. As much as I would rather, for a wrestling standpoint, watch the Kurt Angle match or for a good storyline, watch the Rey Mysterio match. And once again, the luchador style of wrestling that they do is fantastic in that match. But to me, the Brock Lesnar and him finally getting redemption. To me, that was his moment of redemption. Yeah. We oh. all knew everything that had gone wrong. It was his moment of redemption. It was his yes. opportunity. Thank you. And yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good job of that, too. Because actually, before I bring, bring up Joe, I just want to wrap it up, too. That was the other thing. That story going on that match, Brock and everybody was talking about Eddie Guerrero being a drug addict. And you know, they, they leaned into that story. And they talked about how Eddie was never, you know, nothing and a loser and all this. And Eddie cuts just promo beyond promos. And so he says, I am an addict. But the only thing I'm addicted to is this business and winning. And it is like goosebump moments. I'm not doing it justice. I might even be missing a few things, but Eddie is on fire for that whole storyline. So you heard it here first. Producer Joe's about to get in. Kane, number one luchador, and Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. Our although, although our that that masked luchador that teamed up with Rey Mysterio over the weekend looked great too. Oh yeah, I like that, Senior Edge. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get that PWI segment going. The oh, 2022 yeah. readers poll, the November issue, question 22: Which current WWE superstar would you like to see in? AEW. So yeah, huh, interesting. Out of current AEW guys, so <laughs> doesn't say guys. It says superstars. Okay, right. Well, there was a guy that popped in my head, mainly because I think it'd be interesting given this association. But I wouldn't mind seeing Edge back in there, just because of Edge and Christian. You know, that'd be a good moment. And I bet you uh, for the Heat, no one's gonna say this. You maybe you're about to. I'm gonna make you mad, but the Heat. They put Charlotte Flair in there. <laughs> oh, I, I was literally about to say, if you put Charlotte Flair in there with Tony yeah. Storm as the current champion and oh, knowing yeah. what went down when Tony Storm was fighting, oh my God, that would be fantastic. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. I would also, from just a pure wrestling standpoint, I would love to see Bianca Belair in there because I would love to see her versus Jade Cargill. I'll throw Gunther in there too. Even though I'm very excited with Gunther slash Walter is doing right now in WWE, i love to see that guy go anywhere. Love to see him versus Samoa Joe. The readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated had 11% AJ Styles, 10% Finn Balor, Mm. 10% Sasha Banks, and 69% others. And they did not list others. Dude, if if AJ was as over on TV as he has been in this Pro Wrestling Illustrated, he'd be on fire right now. I think the thing is, if you ask this... Like, probably when this first came out or during the Vince era of WWE. That might have been my first couple answers because those guys were seriously misused. But now we're seeing AJ and Finn getting the spotlight on them. They've been in the main events. We've seen video packages for AJ Styles before he takes on Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I would say most likely they got these votes just before summer, maybe late spring. Now, question 23, which current AEW wrestler would you like to see in WWE? (laughs) First one that pops to mind is MJF. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, especially now, like the the thing I would worry about before would have been Vince handicapping him. But uh, I mean, obviously there might be still things. Hunter might be a little, and again, I don't know. Because Hunter knows what he's going to be getting. And I feel like Bruce Pritchard and all those guys are big fans of him. So, yeah, I mean, Jeff's clearly the guy to me. I mean, there's also a part of me that wants to see, obviously, Kenny Omega. I would love to see Kenny Omega in the WWE. I think that he would have a hell of a shot there. And then there's some people who I don't think are used necessarily. I think he's not technically under contract anymore to AEW, so he could be going there. Lance Archer, I think, would be fantastic in the WWE. Sure. Yeah, now MJF got 42% of the vote. Wardlow got 7% of the vote. Ricky Starks got 5%. Others got 46%. And among the other vote-getters are Jade Cargill, Austin Gunn, and Sammy Guevara. Austin Gunn. <laughs> not into my mind. I'm not sure Jade Cargill is ready yet for the WWE, to be honest with you. She's got to look for it, but I don't think her wrestle skills right now are currently on the par with some of the NXT. I don't think they're on par to be with some of the women that are on the main roster. Maybe I'm Aaliyah. Austin Gunn, though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to keep ignoring Austin Gunn. <laughs> Question 24 is an interesting one. Which international wrestler would you most like to see compete in a U.S. promotion? Mm, well, I thanks to the so. Forbidden Door, we've seen a lot of them actually compete right. inside the U.S. promotions. I'll just say, how about this? Just because it's not likely. Okada, but in WWE under a Triple H regime in main events against guys like maybe Gunther or Seth Rollins 
or Roman or Drew. Like those would be some matches that'd be excellent. I mean, I'd like to see Kenta in some of those matches with Gunther and those guys also. I think that that would be fun. Kazuchika Okada got 42% of the vote. Kota Ibushi got 4% and others got 54%. Amongst them, Tyler Bate, Kenta, and May Sergura. Tyler Bate's been here. But I'll tell you one name that they didn't mention and I didn't think of either, but it came out with Will Ospreay. I mean, he's here now. He does a lot of stuff, but... Again, Osprey against some of those. It's really almost like saying which guys you'd like to see in WWE at this point. Because one thing AEW has done so great is they have done stuff with New Japan. I I think Jay White would be fantastic in the WWE also, as long as they allow him to be himself on the mic. And again, we'll go on the next one, but that's the thing. Again, going back to this new regime, it gives us all hope if these guys ever did come to WWE now, like, oh shit, that would be a good matchup and we might get to see that. Yeah. Question 25, which currently inactive star would you like to see make a return to a major promotion? And for this one, you got to take yourself back in time to like March, April. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to go back to like Masahiro Chono, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back a little bit. Inactive. I I mean, we're getting messages yeah. from a place in New Hampshire saying Chris Benoit. I don't know who this is or <laughs> what this is about, but I think he said the Pegasus kid. <laughs> We and Tiger Mask, I sure you. I know uh, Black Tiger, <laughs> John Cena. I mean, he's a big name that's out there that we haven't seen. It's inactive. Obviously, The Rock. I mean, you're not getting The Rock back, except for maybe you're, one you're, you're missing. You're missing one of the most obvious ones, Bray Wyatt. Sure, Bray Wyatt would be great. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like big time wrestlers that are not out there competing right now. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's good. Jeez, I'm trying to think of people who maybe who just showed up because I feel like when you said you have to go back to March, April, there's probably somebody who showed up that we're not thinking of that has made this list. So hit us. Wyndham Rotunda got 22%. Bray Wyatt. Claudio Castagnoli got 10%. The Rock got 11%. (laughs) And others got 57%. Amongst others, Johnny Gargano. Bailey and Paige. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling Bray Wyatt was going to be the big one. I don't know why. It just just struck me. Even even this last weekend, you know, the big rumor was that during the main event that Bray Wyatt was somehow going to be involved once again. No, Whenever there's a big event, everybody's always like, ooh, maybe Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and maybe, and I know a lot of people are talking about Bray possibly working for Freddie Prince Jr.'s promotion and getting a big offer from there, too. So he just always seems to be in the... He, he just has to be careful because he's going to get to a point where people have done this so often that eventually they're just not going to give a shit now this next question is funny now but at the time it was a good question assuming vince mcmahon is the most influential person in pro wrestling who is the runner up now triple h (laughs) right and at that time I probably would have said Triple H or Nick Khan. I mean, what about Tony Khan? <laughs> right, you can say Tony Khan. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's interesting. That's an interesting discussion point, right? Because Tony Khan is clearly the head of the number two promotion in North America and most of the world. But it's not the brand, right? It's not Kleenex. It's not Coke. That is WWE. So at the time of this, is the second most powerful person, the second most powerful person in WWE, which we would have been arguing about that time. We probably would have been arguing Nick Khan or Triple H. Let me give you the results and then you guys can discuss it. So Tony Khan got 74% of the votes. Nick Khan got 10% of the votes. I love this. Stephanie McMahon got Ah. 2% of the votes. Ah. Paul Levesque got two percent of the votes wow other got 12 percent of the votes well remember when this came out would have been in the middle of triple h taking his steps back and having the heart attack and or sorry episode it would have been in the middle of that so i could see why it would be two percent if you took that vote again right now i have a feeling it might go in a different direction right yeah i'd be very interested to see so again how about this i'll pose the question out there who is the second most powerful man in wrestling now all right i mean who's who's the most powerful wait a minute i was gonna say who's the first and is, is it even a man is it stephanie mcmahon is it nick khan is it triple h all right so here we go how about this quick we'll break up one through four in your opinion Tony Khan, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, who's the most powerful? Don't be afraid to put Tony Khan one or four. Let's just answer this yeah. on yeah, yeah, but here's the funny thing. Technically, the COOs are combined. You have two co-COOs. Technically, they should be the most powerful people in this. So but, Nick and who's, but who is talking about them right now? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> but 
Just because they're not talking about you doesn't mean you're not the most powerful people. Fair enough. I'm Let's going with Nick and Stephanie. Be, yeah, Nick and Stephanie, Triple H. Then, then Triple H, then Tony yeah. Khan. Yeah. 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 And it could because, be Tony someday if AEW gets to that next level where they're actually beating Raw and SmackDown. And they're actually, you know, that, that changes the story too, if that ever happens. Let me tell you something. Triple H is getting all the credit right now, and they are running with his ideas. I get that. He's getting all the credit. But at the end of the day, he can't do anything without Stephanie and actual and Nick Khan going, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure there's some things that he has just... I mean, he, no, he has autonomy. Right. I'm not saying he has no autonomy. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm just saying if it's a real big decision, I think creatively, it's all him. Yeah. But there's big decisions being made, and oh, one sure. of them, one of them was going over to Clash at the Castle. How big of a show did that end up being? 64,000 people, and the crowd was on fire the whole time. Well, here's the thing about that show. I just... Real quick. So that show was already, obviously, Vince and everybody had that one already yeah. on the calendar. But how better was it where I think me and Joe have talked about this off air before, too, where you're having people announced in the crowd like Bret Hart, Adrian Street, your trainer, AJ, I'll throw it out there, who are actually not only like we're not getting a graphic. We're not getting a You know, we're getting the Hart family is here. Blah, blah, blah. Bret the Hitman Hart. Oh, and our special guest, Adrian Street, you know, and we're, we're doing the graphics and we're showing a little bit of the footage and stuff. And. Tyson Fury is in the back talking to McIntyre or talking to Roman. And then yeah, has- what a great segment that was to end the show. Right. <laughs> a little weird. Actually, I heard someone say that they think they forgot to cut the feed out. And that's why it was almost like a house show vibe. Like that's something to do with the house show. Well, even even Drew McIntyre said, he's like, I'm not sure if we're actually still on the air here. <laughs> now, guys, I got to ask you, after the events this past week, can AEW make it to the next level? The thing is, what's the next level, too? That's the big thing, right? Is the next level ever going to be you're truly beating or competing with WWE? So who knows, right? They need a more corporate structure, and I hate to say this, but they need to actually have a more corporate structure. What they're doing right now, where it's everybody's buddies are the bookers and producers, is old school wrestling. And old school wrestling only takes you so far. Well, actually, the part of the thing, too, is Tony's been booking everything in the last couple of years because... You know, he wanted to make sure he get his hands on everything. He's been, as far as I know, booking both Darks, Dark Elevation, Dark, AEW Rampage, AEW Dynamite. And Conan talked about his podcast. He recently sent Tony a message to Triple Mania about Triple Mania. And he took him a little while to get back because Tony was busy with the Jaguars. So you're running like a soccer team. You're helping run a football team. And you're responsible for all your content AEW. To get to that next level, I think one of the things he's going to have to do, he's going to have to actually delegate authority more and well and the problem is is evps the people that were directly underneath him just went into a locker room and got into a brawl with your world champion i don't know if they were looking for a brawl necessarily but (laughs) they found one yeah and your world champion also called i don't know i don't know if the bucks have ever gone into a room looking for a brawl and i'll say this (laughs) we'll get back to this as far as like punk goes because we didn't mention this earlier too for people who don't know like that aw feed for the media scrum it started a little bit late People were asking what was the first question that when CM Punk was asked by Nick Hosselman. He wasn't asked anything. Punk got in there and asked Nick, are you friends with Scott Colton? And Nick actually wasn't. He's like, no, we used to be. We don't really see eye to eye. He's like, well, I'm not friends with him either. And maybe, you know, he just went off. There was so, no- there was, so there was no question. So his, no, his comment... Tony, I should have said no comment. And that's how you know Tony was shocked because there wasn't a fucking question. If you go back and watch it, because I saw the first unending, there was never a question. <laughs> like, so it's whatever. So, so, so it's not even Nick like anybody House- even asked him. Nick Houseman is from Chicago, so yeah. Punk recognized him right. and must have had, I don't know if there was an article or something that led up to this. It feels like there was something either going on in Punk's head or something that he read. Yeah. That must have led to this. And I think they used to do, I think Nick uh, Hossman and Scott Colton used to do improv together too. They did. Yeah. I think a lot of us, when it came to the WWE, just automatically gave Punk a pass and said, you know what? I believe that, you know, it, it, it could be the WWE, WWE's assholes. Right. It could be them. But when you keep going from place to place, 
and keep having problems everywhere you go, eventually you have to start to wonder if this person's the asshole. And I'm not just saying that because he's a Cubs fan. I mean, that could be the reason. (laughs) But at some point, you got to point the finger at yourself, too, and go, wait, why am I pissing off all these people? Shout out to Ace Steel, former guest on the show. I know he might be getting some negativity right now, but we want you back, brother. If you ever get a hold of us, you bite whoever you got to fucking bite. Ace Steel, we love you. You are always... I'm actually going to go even farther and stick up for Ace here. Ace's wife was in the locker room watching Punk's dog when everybody came in and when all of this started to happen. If your wife is in there or your girlfriend is in there and all of a sudden you see four grown-ass men going at it and your wife's there, you're going to jump in too. I think there's an interesting story though. There's a story apparently came out that Kenny Omega tried to grab the dog and get it to safety. I just, I don't know if that happened or not, but I like that there's one story where Ace is just biting somebody's like face or ear, and then another story is like Kenny's trying to rescue his dog. I hope that there were cameras. I hope there's some way to actually physically solve this investigation. There's in, way fucking. I, I will tell you in general that locker rooms are not known for having cameras unless planted there by the company. And now I want to ask you a question, and maybe this could it be no, a it's work? Not a, it's not a work. But it could turn into a work. I believe anything could be a work. So I believe that there's a possibility this is all a work. Let's get back to the poll. All right. Question 27. Which American independent promotion is the most influential? Mm. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, wait a minute. Was it non-American or American? No, American. American. Yeah. Oh, WWE. No, independent. Oh, independent. Oh, I didn't hear the independent part. Sorry. Most influential independent promotion. Yeah. GCW? Yeah, that's a great answer. GCW. Because I don't consider Impact an independent right now. You could argue, but I think, you know, they're not the... I don't know. I like GCW. I mean, Game Game Changer has people coming from AEW to actually be their champion. And they've done shows in Japan. They're out in California, down east. They're they're everywhere. So I think Game Changer is a great answer. They're set to go back to England, but Game Changer Wrestling got 35%. Major League Wrestling got 9%. Ring of Honor got 9%. Pro Wrestling Guerrilla got 7%. And Other was 40% with Beyond Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling, and West Coast Pro Wrestling receiving votes as well. I had trouble with MLW too, just because they have you know some TV here and there they've been on stuff. But I, I, guess- have, trouble with, I have trouble with Ring of Honor since they're owned by a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, <laughs> I don't know about what it's kept. But also too... Like, if you ask me what's bigger, MLW or Game Changer, like, Game Changer, I think, has more, like, just buzz behind it. I feel like Game... I hate to say it because I love MLW, but I think Game Changers passed them by. They just have more buzz, and I, they feel like they are an independent promotion. Even when yeah. they put on their shows, when they put on pay-per-views, which ones are you chomping at the bit at to see more? The MLW pay-per-views or your GCW pay-per-views? Well, MLW does so few pay-per-views that right. when they actually hold one, it's worth getting. I think last time it was the Von Erics that made me buy the MLW one. Yeah, and I'm not taking at the time the dynasty. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not taking anything away from MLW. I think that they're a great promotion. I like how they work, but right now I think GCW is just red hot. And MLW is on hiatus right now, so they just don't have the buzz behind it that they once did. They're actually bringing Willie Mack back for their next event, which I'm. Are they calling the event the Return of the Mac? They missed out on that one. Now, question 28. What is the best wrestling promotion outside of the U.S.? Oh, I mean, I guess New I mean, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if anything else has got that kind of recognition or, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some votes for maybe DDT, Rev Pro, and some of these other promotions. Hell, NXT UK as a brand would have been interesting just to put out there. I mean, Progress. Right, Jimmer. But yeah, yeah but I, how, how do you not go for New Japan? Go Shimmer is actually part US of New Japan. Are right? you thinking? Oh, is no. Shimmer? Yeah, Stardom. I think he's thinking of Stardom. Stardom. Yeah, Shimmer's out of Florida. Yep. New Japan Pro Wrestling got seventy six percent. Stardom got ten percent. AAA got four percent. All Japan Pro Wrestling got two percent, and others got eight percent, being DDT Pro progress and tokyo joshi pro wrestling is all japan pretty much just living off their past name at this point though they do some things but they're not i mean they have a streaming service it's not widely available a while ago they were putting up some of their things on fight which i was buying but they don't they don't have as regular a service as new japan 
Right. So one of the the reasons why I don't think of AAA is when you say outside of America, I have a tendency of thinking North America. So I consider AAA being part of that same thing with Slam Pro Wrestling out of Canada. When you say American wrestling, I don't think USA. I think North America. Gotcha. Now, this next question, obviously, AJ, you're not going to be. Well, you guys probably both won't be as big with this. But assuming New Japan is the most influential Japanese wrestling promotion, who is the runner up? And I'm just going to give you the results because you got stardom. Okay, DDT. I was going to say, but go ahead. I was going to say stardom because they finished second in the poll. <laughs> this is crazy. Stardom has 33%. All Japan Pro Wrestling has 25%. That's got to be on name alone wow. because they're yeah. beating Pro Wrestling Noah, who's got 21%. Right. Dragon Gate, 8%. DDT Pro, 7 Others, 6%. Now, and that's that's what I was saying with All Japan name. Like, I don't know what they're doing right now. It could be excellent. So I don't, I don't know. The, I can't judge them. But are they getting votes in this magazine simply by their past name value? I don't think they're going based on their past name. I think Giant Baba's doing tremendous things there. Stan Hansen, I love the way he tears it up when he teams up with Vader. It's fantastic. Johnny A's killing it. And I mean, I stay vaguely familiar with Japanese wrestling, and I would think pro wrestling Noah would be bigger because you've had American stars like Anthony Green go over there, Ninja Mac. There have been others now. I think it's also helped stardom with their tie-ins with New Japan. I think that the fact that they've had that tie-in kind of together. And we're going to get um, a women's title soon. Exactly. I think that's helped to grow the stardom product. And that and the fact that the women's wrestling in Japan is so athletic and so competitive, I think that it really helps to build up that brand. So good for them. Hey, this isn't the comedy cast anymore, but I just got a text from a friend of ours, Kristen, who had a real good zinger this week that Joe used. He got another one. This wasn't from him, but he saw it. Someone apparently called Punk's Pipe Bomb the Gripe Bomb. That's a good one. That's because you can't say Bitch Bomb. I got two last questions here to help finish off this week's edition, and we probably have another two weeks left of this. Question 30, what is the top heavyweight championship in pro wrestling? Mm. Universal Championship. Oh, I guess, yeah. (laughs) I still thought of it like as they divided it up, and they might have been at this point, but... Yeah, that's interesting because all right, I'll make an argument for AEW too a little bit here. Maybe not now because they don't have a champion right now, but when they did, John Moxley, when he was on that run, Moxley was having to me just a run of all time. You mean his initial run with the belt or his interim championship? That is an interesting point, right? Because he technically. <laughs> so to me, yeah, I guess it really is. Like, I mean, if you look at it, Roman, he were on an over two year run now where he is the draw, he brings in ratings. So yeah, it's kind of hard to deny that. I'm sure they're – I don't know about this magazine, though. I'll be interested. How about Mandy Rose with her long run down there in NXT? Stop that shit right now. Go ahead. Well, that'll be up <laughs> in the next question, but WWE Universal title got 57%. AEW World Heavyweight title got 20%. IWGP World Heavyweight title – 15%. NWA World Heavyweight Championship, 5%. Others, 3%. I'm just happy NWA's title actually made it onto this list. I can't that believe is, they out impact. That is fantastic. <laughs> I just I wouldn't see it. I would also like to point out that New Japan only lost by 5% to AEW. So that's kind of yeah. cool, too. Question 31, the one we'll end on this week. What is the top women's championship in pro wrestling? Well, it's not Mandy Rose's NXT championship that she's held forever. <laughs> right now? I mean... We don't even, again, Thunder Rose is out with an injury. At one point, I would have said maybe Britt Baker when she was champion. Remember that when this poll came out, that Britt Baker might still have actually been champion when the poll yeah. started being taken. But I'm going to answer that it was now. So I think it's got to be Bel Air because she's the one that's winning the big matches. And so that's the Raw Women's title. And she's beating Becky now. And so she would be the top person for me at this current point. Yeah. Well, they didn't say champion. They're looking for the belt. The belt, yeah. So to me right now, yeah. it's the Raw Championship because the person makes the belt. Yeah, so I, I would go with that. I'd go with, you know what? I'm going to go with the SmackDown Women's Champion. Oh, Liv, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Liv was nowhere near being the champion at that time. That's true. Well, the WWE Raw Championship got 37%. Oh. AEW World Championship, 22%. Mm. World of Stardom Championship, 14%. WWE SmackDown, 11%. And others got 16% among the other vote getters, Knockouts World Championship and NWA World Championship. You know, I feel like the Knockouts Championship should actually be a little higher in some ways. Like Impact Wrestling, one thing they've done is really 
done a great job with this with women's wrestling. I like that what Mandy Rose has done for the NXT title and making it so that it's not even yeah. mentioned on the poll. Congratulations, Mandy Rose, because that has been a belt for years that was literally considered a wrestler's championship and would show up everywhere. People would be like, oh, the, yeah, the women's NXT champion. So New. great job, Mandy Rose, and really bringing it to the next New level. New unified champion. Yeah, unified, absolutely. Bye, bye. If you look at the numbers for men's championship, it was such a runaway for the WWE. But looking at the ladies' numbers... WWE is just above AEW. What does that say about women's wrestling that it's so good that it's like across the board, all these companies have these great rosters, which creates great champions and like raises their titles. I'll, I'll play a little devil's advocate too here. And, and not necessarily just because it was good or the women's wrestling's good. I think it was also to look how WWE was booking their champions at that time in the women's division, up and down, where it's a little bit. And if Britt Baker wasn't champion here at this point, you know, there's probably a little undecisiveness. Now, one of the things Triple H has done as soon as he's come in, we've seen a new faction with Bailey, and we're seeing an emphasis on women's wrestling again. So I'd be very interested to see how this would shape up next year. Not only that, but look even internationally. Once again, I hate to keep harping on stardom, but for them to get 14% of the poll and be able to be right there on that list shows how much women's wrestling around the world has elevated. And they didn't even mention NXT UK, which even though it's folded up now, was one of the hot spots for women's wrestling. Yeah, Mako Satomura is a champion. So. Yeah. Definitely. Now we've reached the end of the poll for this week. What should we do for a live 531? next week guys you know what we focused a little bit on women this week maybe we can do something to do with women's professional wrestling here maybe um matches yeah i think that is athletic as she is we can either do her or we can do tony storm let's do bella there you go all right so we'll do bella so you know what week and how about tony storm the week after i was gonna say you know what might be fun doing bianca this week and then doing tony next week i say it all the time now is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here today i just want to mention again i don't i don't know if i mentioned it at the beginning of the show joe doring from impact wrestling has brain cancer mm-hmm. and it has returned and they're doing a t-shirt right now it is 30 dollars on impact wrestling but 100 percent of the pro pe- sorry impact wrestling shop 100% of the proceeds for that t-shirt actually go to help Joe it's not like 10% or something like that 100% of the proceeds are actually going to help Joe Doring I think that's over at shopimpact.com so that would be a good thing and Dave coming off of last week you weren't on the show how was that Labor Day bread delivery Uh, between that and all the wrestling I managed to squeeze in I'm still exhausted I still am getting through this week but things will be back to normal come Sunday UFC 279 is also this Saturday so excited for that and we'll be having some videos we'll be dropping here on, on the channel. So check it out. Along those same lines, Dave, I also, you know, watched all that wrestling last weekend. And I spent Sunday actually in Salem, Massachusetts with my daughter, Morgan. It was a fun trip. We had a great time. If you guys are ever in Salem, please check out Boston Burger Company. Absolutely tremendous food there. And the servers were absolutely nice as can be. So please, if you're ever in Salem, check them out. Well, that's great. And as our schedules open up going more in to the fall and winter we'll be expanding some more of what we put out there just keep an eye on our youtube tiktok all the obvious social medias to stay up with it and we will see you again next week guys all right so that wraps us up for this week thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast so as always you can find us on twitter at fans working our facebook page is working fans wrestling pod we have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple podcast which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 